Hello, and welcome to What's on the Pile. I'm Nathan Besner, and joining me is Jenner. Hello there, Shane podcast Lee. people. Oh. <laughs> you had more to say. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Shane. What's up? And Jane Belcastro. Hello. <laughs> Uh, this time, it's a horror comedy double feature with Psycho Goreman, the touching tale of a malevolent space monster and the psychotic little girl who controls him, followed by Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, the story of two hillbillies who are mistaken for slashers by a bunch of dumb college kids through a series of misunderstandings. Uh, I made you, well, I forced you all to watch Psycho Gorman because I've been really dying to see it, uh, and I'm very happy that you all let me. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah, it was, you. It was delightful. It was so good. Uh, was this on everybody's pile? I Yeah, I had picked up the DVD when it came out a little while ago, but I hadn't had a chance to see it yet. So uh, this was uh, this was a, a first viewing for me as well. And I, I had no idea what it was. I, I'd heard the title, but I, I envisioned something way different. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then it, I did watch the trailer before watching it, which spoiled a little bit of it for me. I mean, it would have been nice to be kind of nervous about this movie going in and then getting this movie but <laughs> what did what did whatever, you think it was, was going to be i thought it was going to be a lot darker i i didn't know it was going to have kids at the center of it i you know i thought it was i don't know some crazy dark super violent thing yeah it, it, well it was absolutely super violent it, it was those things but it also felt like a disney movie at times i i have a uh, confession to make i watched this with my daughter amelia Oh wow! And she loved it. Oh, I, I bet. Yeah, this is. A, this I, I is imagine a, it's a great family film. You know, if, if <laughs> your family loves horror and Evil Dead Two and stuff like that, and gore. Yeah, so much gore. Lots it's it. it says it right on the video box. A new all time family classic. It is. I I think it absolutely is. <laughs> and uh, it's called PG, so it's got to be okay for families. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I wanna I wanna start off by talking about that dad. Oh, I love I love that dad. That dad oh my gosh. was amazing. He was he was terrible. So the the dad in the film is I guess he he's he has a sense of humor, but he's also a lazy dickhole. <laughs> and uh he's he's just a magnificent character. Uh he interjects every once in a while with these these little tidbits of information that are that are just his lines, his dialogue is fantastic. Yeah, I, lo I love his story about going into the stranger's car, having a great time, seeing all those pristine <laughs> baseball cards. That was amazing. I was like, as soon as he started that speech, I'm like, he's going to say something really dumb. He's going to give really bad advice. And I didn't expect that. It was perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. My very first note that I wrote down was humans are the real monsters. True. Mimi. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, honestly, that's, yeah. honestly, everybody but little Luke. Yeah, yeah maybe the theme of the movie. I think I, I'm yeah. actually I'm actually going to call a little point of order on uh, what you said during the opening. Is uh, the the little girl is not psychotic; she's psychopathic. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a great streak of narcissism. Narcissistic psychopath. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of the most amazing antiheroes I've seen, particularly in a comic uh, film of this type, uh, in in ages but uh now to talk about the uh, uh the dad or not to segue too far uh i i've been going on at some length about uh this being a product of the uh canadian uh film collective uh known as astron six although they didn't really release it under the astron six banner adam brooks who plays uh, uh the dad was one of the founding members of that troupe and had previously directed uh their pictures uh father's day and or co-directed uh, their pictures, uh, Father's Day and uh, The Editor, uh, both of which are sort of extraordinary pictures uh, in their own right. Father's Day was a, uh, well, a rape revenge film, uh, but the rape victim was a uh, was the hero's father. Uh, yeah, and, uh, but it was funny somehow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, ha I haven't actually seen it yet, but uh, 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 The Editor, I think you would find particularly interesting, uh, Nate. Yeah, uh, I've, because... I've, I've actually seen it. It's so oh, good. It's so yeah, good. I, 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 I love the uh, the the special uh, uh, dimension that's only available to film editors, uh, <laughs> and and the, uh, amongst the uh, the Jalo uh, the sort of neo Jalos being people uh, that people have been doing, it's one of relatively few that's actually a comedy. Uh, 
I've I've liked everything that Astron Six has, has done. I had previously seen Manborg, uh, which uh, was kind of a hoot. Uh, again, I kind of a stat. Uh, and uh, the uh, fake trailer at the end of uh, of Manborg for something called Biocop actually did get a little bit of a shout out uh, in this picture with the the horrible horrible fate that uh, behel, uh, befell the uh, the one cop gotcha. who ran afoul of uh, PG. Uh, <laughs> Also highly recommend uh, their picture, The Void, which was the first one of the ones that wasn't really released under the Astron 6 banner because it was a serious horror film. That's... It's not, not actually a comedy. And as I've been saying for a while about that particular picture is that if it had been branded such, it would have been the late cycle Hellraiser sequel we would have deserved if we had lived just lives. <laughs> I That one's still on my pile. I've wanted to see The Void for a long time. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Looking forward to that episode of the series. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, to, uh, again, to segue back around to Adam Brooks, uh, he's uh, he is to the uh, uh, to the Astron 6 uh, movies what Koji Yakusho is to uh, uh, to Ott's uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa movies. He's inescapable. He's in there everywhere, somewhere. Uh, but uh, his uh, line deliveries in this are just beautiful because it's uh, he starts off just seeming like a kind of a you know cheerful vaguely slap happy ch- uh, uh, slacker but his character gets more and more down its own spiral as it goes along uh, uh, what 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 was your favorite moment with him jane oh um you're welcome <laughs> that was my favorite but i also really enjoyed that you know he was faking that whole thing about his hands getting hurt and he like really he was like oh he was like really like working it and then guess what he high fives pg and breaks his wrist <laughs> i was like yeah you deserve that yeah yeah he definitely <laughs> from every mom out there that kind of feels like she isn't getting enough help <laughs> he, get, yeah. he gets his come yeah, up yeah you should take that well yeah, yeah. i mean I, I thought that he i thought that was that he hadn't been faking all along and that was the sort of the reveal that he actually had injured his hand but no he just he just breaks his hand high fiving i think yeah. that's yeah. a little up in the air but uh, it could be read either way but it works either way yeah, yeah. i thought i thought it was a nice little the batard hoist right there. Yeah. <laughs> also have to freely allow, and I can vouch for Jane in this regard as well, if you'll allow me, love. Uh, the scene in the bathroom is the longest and hardest that the pair of us have laughed. <laughs> so good. <laughs> in longer than I can remember. Tell, Look, Jenna tell rewound it. Jenna rewound it. <laughs> we had to watch it twice. It was, yeah. Did that remind anybody else of a Family Guy joke, the way that played out? A little bit, I mean, yeah. I, I thought it was yeah. funny, but I was like, wait, this is like Family Guy. <laughs> the way he keeps coming back and giving more information. Yep. <laughs> ah! Oh, the ravine south of Ryerson and Route 11! Ah! <laughs> uh, PG's voice modulation. Uh, the, the effect they did to his voice was so beautiful to me. Uh, every time he spoke, it... it it gave me joy. <laughs> I like the, um, so Nate and I recently did a video game episode where we talked about God of War. The way he, what's the brother's name? But the way PG says, boy, he says it just <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> just like, I can't, I'm blanking on the God of War guy's name. Kratos. Kratos. Boy. I, I thought maybe that was a, uh, the way he enunciated it. I thought maybe it was a phantasm refer- uh, reference. Oh, that could work as well. Uh, there, 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 there's, there's so much to unpack in this movie. Um, I like the fact that he's from the planet Gygax. That's yes, cool yeah, yeah. It's like yeah the that... first thing that comes up in the movie, and, uh, and he like says it over and music. over. I, yeah. I, I, I love the font. I love every moment of this movie. I love the font in the opening crawl, uh, explaining the backstory, and I have to allow that as, as funny and, uh, and just amazingly off the wall as most of this is my single favorite part of the movie except of course that it's spread throughout the entire movie are all of these offhanded bits of vast warhammer 40,000-esque you know science fiction backstory world building yeah the world building was phenomenal and at the same time it's one of those things where it feels like the particular aspects of it could be just completely off the cuff uh 
but you get the feeling that there was a complete backstory for every absolutely batso character uh, that uh, they threw on the screen that all of our guys and presumably the actors i want to know what the deal is with cassius 3000 yeah why did why didn't he trust cassius 3000 <laughs> that I mean, would be nice to know but uh, you know speaking of all of that the character design my god yeah. it was so good yeah. and the effects i mean i i honestly don't know if there was any cg in it 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 was that good it was so good i loved it so much i mean sort of the big effects absolutely but n i couldn't detect anything in the uh, the actual characters the the prosthetics work the makeup work uh everything in there it's it's one of those movies where you get the feeling they didn't have a a, a big budget but they wrung every mile out of every cent in it and they threw every last bit of it up on the screen i want to get a bunch of my haunter friends who if they haven't already seen this sit them down and make them watch it and i guarantee they will weep t uh, tears of joy <laughs> i mean maybe it's because i've been playing dark souls and stuff so i have it on the brain these the designs really felt very from software. The makers of Bloodborne and Dark Souls. <laughs> I, I wrote down in my notes, like during the, the first Templar Council, I was like, this just looks like a collection of Dark Souls bosses. <laughs> and even the Archduke of Nightmares sounds like a boss from Bloodborne. Yeah, it really does. Right? So, I mean, I don't know if there was any influence there, but th that's what it felt like to me, and I, and I really loved it. It might be because, you know, Jenner and I don't actually play that particular thing, that it, it felt fresh to us. I mean, we were like, "Wow!" I mean, I mean, Dark Souls new. bosses. Yeah, Dark Souls bosses don't have Gundam faces, but I mean, that's that's the only <laughs> thing I would say that differs. They don't really have the, the kind of mech heads. She did have Just, a mech head, the Templar. Yeah, and and then so did the wife after she transformed. Yeah, and she was all stiff and. Uh, after he transformed, I was kind of wondering about that. I, I, I figure maybe she just didn't know how to use her new. I uh, wonder if they named the like wife Susan just so the dad could say the line, How's this for lazy, Susan? <laughs> right, right before he drives off at the end. <laughs> I, I'm going to uh, guess that, that that feels like the sort of thing that was probably just a happy accident. Uh, but then again, I could be wrong. There, there's a lot of thought and care that has gone into every aspect of this picture. And I, I find that that's absolutely the case with these guys' films. They're, they're one of those outfits. I still need to see all their short films, but they're one of those outfits where just since they've been doing features, I always look forward to more of their work. I've, oh, I have a question for you, Nate. Yeah. Where did you think of the child death in this movie? I was about to mention that. <laughs> uh, I usually oh, have a problem with, uh, with child death in movies, but uh, in this one, I have not laughed that hard at a child getting exploded in ever it was that's awesome it was wonderful. wait a minute who who which one got exploded there, there was a kid on the street who's like nice halloween oh. costume idiot <laughs> yeah and... but he was a tween and nobody likes tweens yeah so. oh, sorry <laughs> sorry to all the tweens out there that might be listening yeah sorry yeah I, I find your parents don't like you your friends don't like oh, sorry <laughs> for 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 a uh, uh for for a film with so many children in peril so for so much of the time to the point where we never do really get a resolution in what to what happened to poor Alistair aside from that's that that's his life now he's just a he's gonna marry Mimi and they're gonna love each other forever yep he's just a big brain um <laughs> with tentacles. It, it, the film's impossible to take seriously at any level other than the level that it uh, that it presents itself to you, which is, you know, everybody has absolute commitment to uh, uh, the role that they're playing, but the story itself is so ridiculous. I think this is one of those ones that gets a pass on the whole child endangerment thing, just because <laughs> the most terrifying character in the movie is the young female protagonist. Yeah, Mimi. Yeah. Mimi. Let's, let's, let's talk about Mimi. Let's yes, talk about Mimi. Grandma is in hell forever. That was <laughs> one of her first lines. Right well, that was the, the knocking sequence, wasn't it? Not, not yes. Sure yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, secret it. Language, that was it. Which was that was kind of cute too. You know, just kind of show you know that they were such a tight knit family. I mean, you know, a lot of siblings have those secret languages. I know my brother and I had our own language that we didn't remember but anyway <laughs> even as she was constantly and abjectly tormenting her brother <laughs> well that's what siblings do right yeah especially if you don't have a conscience at all 
not even a little bit, I guess. It could be problematic. Usually not to the extent of uh, getting the uh, getting him to dig his own uh, grave so you can <laughs> bury him alive. Um, <laughs> and that was just a normal day of play. That was before things even got weird. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Crazy Ball. Crazy Ball was magnificent. I, I, I was yeah. so happy when they actually tried to explain it. I thought we were never going to get the explanation. I thought it was just like Calvin Ball, which is just made up stuff. But then when uh, you know someone's like, this game is complete nonsense, I was thinking... It makes about as much sense as Quidditch. The scoring in Quidditch makes no sense. Yeah, this yeah. is very much like Quidditch with the whole switcheroo. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite moments, uh, probably my favorite line in the movie, because uh, it wasn't a laugh out loud line or anything. It, it was just such a perfect quick moment was when, uh, when uh, Luke bumps into the the guy who's been like melted into he's still alive but he's frozen and he's like his skin's melted and his eyes are constantly spinning oh oh the cop yeah, no, no, no 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 the, no, the, the drug the, lord guy oh, or the, the think king of thieves the guy whatever. from uh from the beginning uh um, oh right 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 and luke bumps into him and knocks him over and just shatters the whole thing and pg <laughs> goes no that was my masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> which took him one second to do yeah <laughs> Also liked a little bit of thank you. Yeah, <laughs> with, with half a jaw <laughs> and no vocal cords. But hey, uh, I I mean they establish uh, PG's bona fides as a badass, you know, over and over again right out the get go. Uh, yeah, he's legit. Yeah, yeah, he he he's legit. The I love the plot of this movie. I love giving an 11-year-old psychopathic girl uh, absolute control over a galactic conqueror. Uh, <laughs> well, not even a galactic conqueror, a galactic destroyer. Just the, the premise, it's, it, it's the queasy median between E.T. and Extro and you know, any number of heavy metal uh, plot lines. It's, uh, no, no, it, the, this whole thing is just an absolute joy from moment to moment. I think the pacing may have flagged a little bit right toward the end. Uh, I was kind of hoping that Mimi uh, actually wouldn't uh, get a, a, a face turn at the end, but, you know, she got the face turn that she would get. It actually yeah. felt sort of natural and in character. That said, you know, she still endears herself to, uh, uh, or re-endears herself to her brother by singing a, a song about how awesome she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm, just like the whole thing where she's like, "You're out of the band." <laughs> Luke was like, not in line with her. <laughs> so then she was singing, "It's all about Mimi." It is, in fact, all about Mimi. Uh, leading probably to my single favorite moment in the film, which is where they're in the diner and PG starts to tell the story of the battle of whatever bridge it was, and we get this amazing visual of him, you know rocketing toward this enormous Lovecraftian monstrosity, and then she just cuts him off with, okay, I think six hours for 12 cakes. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She interrupted him multiple times in his amazing world-building stories. I mean, they were epic and huge, and like the yeah. effects were great. You wanted to know more and more, and she just kept cutting him off. And what's more, he was going to talk about cannibalism. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, but no. Oh well, oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, he was going to talk about eating his uh, his uh, foes and explain to her why, and she didn't care. Oh, that's my that's my favorite running gag: the warrior's death. He's always like, "I'm going to give you the warrior's death." They're like, and "No." They're like, no. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, when we finally see it, the actual practical effects work is absolutely jaw dropping. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Pun intended in this case. <laughs> yep. uh, that worked. <laughs> It was low-hanging fruit. Good one, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, just the absolute you know, nightmare monstrosity of him fully extending his mandibles to consume somebody is just... Uh, that was a point that surprised me in a movie that I thought uh, had run out of surprises just at least as far as the way that character went. That was just... Uh, and uh, uh, one of those serious holy shit moments. <laughs> yeah, his mouth is like all the way to his belly button or something. I don't even. It's crazy good though. <laughs> I I love the way these Astron Six guys play with tropes and and genre filmmaking. Uh, they really nail a, a feeling and a sense of of a uh, an early '90s Guyver style rubber 
monster uh, crazy film. Uh, all, all the way down to the end theme song, which sounds strikingly like uh, T-U-R-T-L-E power, which, <laughs> which I listened to on a loop for a long time in the uh, early 90s. Uh, that 90s rap at the end was magnificent. And the 80s um, montage you know, where they were trying on clothes. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Even the mom was all like, yeah, thumbs up or thumbs up. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> perfect. And then, yeah, and I think that didn't that go along with the song they were singing in the garage, which also felt very 80s as well. Yeah. And whenever they did Crazy Ball, they had like Power Rangers music, I guess. Yeah. I never watched Power Rangers, but I sort of felt like it might have been from Power Rangers. I mean, not directly, but that sort of style. There are some definite, definitely some aesthetic nods uh, to uh, the, uh, uh, the the sort of classic Sentai stuff in this. Uh, uh, it's it's the rubberiness of things as much as anything else. Uh, but uh, it, it has a little bit of that quality while it's still not really resembling it from a narrative standpoint. But did uh, you notice that at the beginning when they were playing Crazy Ball and the rock music was going, it was super intense, and then they sort of back out, turn off the music, and show the kids just spinning yes. around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. wonderfully ridiculous it was like yeah because that's pretty much how every kid's imagination is you know in, a, in a, songs and everything you know. in a uh in a series with as many episodes that are doubtless going to be unforgiving to people who haven't actually seen the movie i have a feeling that this movie might be one of the most completely inexplicable sounding ones just from the way that we're talking about it <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it, it's a parade of moments that you want to talk people's ear off about, but it doesn't really make that much sense unless you're actually watching it or unless you've actually seen it. At which point, it then, you know, the the the, the people who've been initiated uh, to it will then be chasing down their friends and trying to force them to watch it so they can understand what the hell they're talking about. No, I I saw that in action with uh, with Jess. She um she my wife Jess did not want me to uh she did not want to watch this movie she was like i don't get it i don't like it i don't think it's going to be good you can't rent it so that's why i had to do it on the show uh and she loved it she thought it was hilarious oh i'm sure Uh, yeah because i mean it it's such a family it is a family movie it absolutely is i mean you anybody with a family can relate it doesn't even have any profanity in it. Let's mm. talk about Frigg. Yes, Frigg. No, it does have one F word. It has it one fuck word. Uh, and that's from the dad, where he goes, what the fuck, man? <laughs> After oh, that, was in the, that was in the bathroom scene. No, it? no, that was when the TV got destroyed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this TV won't stop bleeding. That's another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> Uh, uh, it, it's it, it's one of those things where you can describe the broad strokes of the uh, of the picture, but I don't think you can really describe this movie without just rattling off scene after scene in a way that if you were to tell it to somebody who didn't know what you were talking about, it's just going to make you look crazier and crazier and crazier. <laughs> and we need more movies like that in this world. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the Astron Six guys are sort of. I mean, they are. They they were working toward a cult audience any uh, anyway, but they're they're indifference to a lot of uh, a lot of characters who have been sort of fainting toward a cult audience. They fucking earned it. They fucking earned it over and over again. And this, I think, may be their most sort of broad appeal picture uh, that uh, that I've seen. And that's that's a good thing. That's uh, I I I feel confident that this will bring their work to more people and hopefully give them you know more funds to have fun with. I I think one reason the film works so well uh is because it follows its own logic perfectly. Uh it doesn't have it has a cute fun ending where where Mimi's blowing kisses and and it's and the family survives and isn't killed by this death machine uh space monster, but he still goes off to the rest of the earth and starts destroying it because that's what he does. And apparently grows to kaiju size yes. in the meantime. Yeah. I mean, so they're presumably going to be the last people left on Earth after he's done. Just the four of them. Mimi's going to love that. Yep. I mean, even (laughs) Alistair's probably going to be dead, too. (laughs) See, but I don't know that Mimi would like that, because she wouldn't have very many people to boss around. I think she'd probably... Well, as long as she has her brother, I think she'll be fine. I guess. (laughs) As long as she's got at least one person to lord it over. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. At which point, of course, she will declare herself the, you know, Empress of Earth. Yeah, that's probably what'll happen. Yeah. Then she'll get to enslave her family and make them do whatever she wants, and yeah. Not that different from how things are right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it, it, it's like I say, the parents are an interesting dynamic uh, in, in that they, you know, start off just seeming like they're maybe going along with the kids' stuff just a little bit too much, but not really in a toxic way. But it turns out that they're as far down the rabbit hole as, uh, as Mimi herself is. Uh, but the way that that sort of gradually gets revealed, I think, is, is sort of a beautiful bit of modulation in the screenwriting as well. The way that, uh, that you know, the whole thing ends up kind of uh, first fracturing uh, uh, the, uh, the relationship between the parents and then finally bringing them back together as they're allied with opposite children. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I can't, I can't imagine us talking about this movie is going to make any sense to anybody who hasn't seen it. But for pity's sake, see it. If see it. If Spend the five bucks on it. Prime. If you are part of our see minimal it. listenership, absolutely go out and get you Psycho Gorman. <laughs> I cannot think of anybody who would not like it. I... Yeah. Unless you don't unless you don't like gore. If you don't like well, gore, yeah, it's it not. Is a violent but movie. it's funny gore. The gore is though. funny. The gore is And, ap- and I don't love gore, but this was funny gore. The, I mean, some of it is a little bit gross, but not that bad. It's all, I can handle it. Anybody can. It's almost it's almost like less gross trauma. Yes. I thought that same thing too. I, I would I wouldn't necessarily even say less gross. I would say more tasteful. Okay. If yeah. You see, if you see the distinction. There. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. That's that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, I mean I mean even whoever you know, Blessum was doing the uh, uh, the voice work for the uh, the night of whatever the heck they were that was just a vat of viscera. You know, showed complete sincerity and commitment. There, w- there wasn't any winking in this movie. That that vat of viscera was Rich Evans from a uh, from Red Letter Media, which is a, a YouTube channel. Uh, these guys uh, do movie reviews, and they're really fun. Uh, I also, I also yeah. love the Witch King randomly speaking Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and her quote unquote escaped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that may have been where uh, where Amelia laughed the hardest was when that head got run over. <laughs> <laughs> I can't... That's a cool kid you have. <laughs> oh. Wait, so did you guys just leave Declan in the other room by himself? He just left. Oh, he always he was he, over he, it. He always just leaves. <laughs> yeah, he just he just leaves. He walks out. He doesn't he doesn't care. He he likes cars. That's it. Oh, wait, cars like the vehicles or the Disney the, the vehicles. Movie? The vehicles. Okay. He knows he can spot a car. He knows exactly what year and make and model a car is just by looking at it. It's crazy. Oh wow! Yeah. One of the things that I often point to when I'm at, uh, at work is just you know, when people ask me how I can remember all of the sh- stuff about televisions, I always say it's just you know it's a matter of how you're uh, you uh, how I self wired. I mean, I can't recognize a make or model of car unless it's extremely distinctive or I have owned one personally. But I can tell you every movie that Andre Tarkovsky directed in the order that he directed them. <laughs> it's what you care about, what You're, you love. What I'm saying is, your kid might end up being, uh, if not, well, I don't know. I suppose the gearhead doesn't actually fall that uh, that far from the tree. Just you know, nah. you know, watch out. He might end up a jock. I'm. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I'll still love him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I can't wait to show him Vanishing Point. He's already seen uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, the original. I don't... Okay. We're all nodding, by the way. Give it time. You can maybe bring him back to the horror fold with Race with the Devil. Good good call. Good call. Or, or, or Drive Angry. I love that movie. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, well, I can't recommend this movie <laughs> enough. I, I can't. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I'm so happy we got to to see it on here. Does anybody have any uh, final thoughts on it before we move on? Again, thank you for yeah. suggesting this. It was wonderful. I, I'm glad I trusted my instincts on this one. I'm glad I uh, you know, trusted the Astron 6 guys. Uh, I'm glad I bought it sight unseen. Um, the, 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 this was better than I was expecting it to be, and I was expecting it to be pretty damn good. And it's a good party movie, too. So All right. going to... Yeah. You have to throw that on for our unsuspecting friends who will be all like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so good. Oh, yeah. 
I would but of course, we're, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to sit off to the side because for half of the movie, where we know what's coming next, we're gonna be just you know tittering amongst ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those. We'll sit in the back, okay. <laughs> I can't think of a movie since Mars Attacks that had every scene end with such perfect gags. <laughs> I need to see that again. Mm, I like too. this better than Mars Attacks. I yeah, like I, I do. I do too. I liked it better than Mars Attacks, but the rhythm of the thing was what reminded me of that uh, just then. That, uh, that, and of course, you know the uh, uh, the uh, resemblance between the Martians from Mars Attacks and that one dude who was a brain in a, yes. a, a glass oh, yeah. cylinder who was part of the Galactic Council. The the one who <laughs> raised his hand when uh, yes. the one who raised yeah. his hand uh, when he, uh, that he wanted the uh, well the, the solution. He wanted the gun. Yeah, yeah, he wanted the gun. <laughs> blow his head off so he doesn't have to deal with Psycho Gorman. And also, one of the other council members uh, covered his covered his face when something horrible was happening in the chamber. <laughs> I think when um I think when Pandora was uh, turned that woman into a cube, like someone covered the uh. The oh yeah, yes, he covered yes. he covered the face because he didn't have any eyelids. Oh. Just, just another you know, crazy perfect detail in a movie that is full of crazy perfect detail. I want another movie set in this universe. I want an actual. <laughs> I want an actual space epic set in this universe. Yeah. Or at the very least, I want more adventures of PG. I, I'd be down. I'd, I'd be... Me too. Well, um, ah. I think that's a good place to uh, take our break. Uh, we will be right back. Turns out they're more closely related to uh, cacti than, uh, you know, the earth primates, but... Deep in the forgotten corners of our galaxy, a mighty space hulk blazes through the stars. Its crew, a motley gang of misfits who are just out for a good time. He's sparking for fuck's sake. They have harnessed the mysterious fuel called nostalgia. And we're off, alright. By remembering the cartoons of their youth. Now, standing in their way, the evil Emperor Sorbak. Stand down and Who just wants to shut their screw down and conquer every planet along the way. Thankfully, their ship holds a weapon with enough firepower to restore the balance. Yes, you neglected the anime space cannon. They are. The Bastards of the Universe. I think you know damn well who we are. Thursdays at 8. Let's cast this pod. Only on Twitch. And we are back. Uh, we're going to be talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is, I, I think, one of Shane's favorite movies, it seems. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen it maybe ten times, shown it to maybe five or six other people. This was maybe one of the few movies we've done so far that I wouldn't have had to rewatch to do this episode, but I, I did anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how much I'm going to have to say about this movie, because I just, I just enjoy it. It's, it's hilarious and delightful and charming, and that's kind of it, but we'll see. <laughs> but that's okay, because you can defend it to me. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh do tell. I didn't love it, and I probably because it was fo- followed uh, P.G. Gorman, um, but um, <laughs> that was a, that's a tough act to follow. But uh, you know, I uh, that the whole two people. Okay, I love Alan Tudyk. I love Tyler Labine. I they're both great actors. I <laughs> I think they're so funny and so great. And then they're in this terrible situation with these idiot kids like basically hunting them and them getting blamed for it oh it was too much oh too does, much does this kind of follow along the lines of the uh uh good people doing bad things in a kind of yes way? yes well but i mean the it college get- kids were stupid and they <laughs> were jerks and one of them was i mean what is this whole classist bullshit about hillbillies versus college kids? I mean, what? It's no. almost a, it's almost a race in this movie. The way and it was also called, you You're know, half hillbilly. <laughs> exactly. It was like it's. I mean, I said that exactly, didn't I, sweetie? That yeah. is this 
uh, when did hillbilly become a race? I mean, <laughs> come on. I, oh, I, yeah, no, I, I didn't love it. I wanted to. I really wanted to. And I don't know, Tucker and Dale versus evil? No, it was Tucker and Dale versus stupid elitist idiots. That's what it was. I'm saying. I, okay. I, I would argue that that's evil in a way. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean it, is, it is kind of a one-joke movie that's, you know, stretched to their breaking point. Like mm-hmm. it, it does lag in the, at the end when it kind of just descends into them versus Chad. Um, yeah, well, that was a little more understandable once they got down to Chad. But yeah, this is one of those things that uh, I I I really like this movie. I uh, I I don't you know flat out love it. I really like it. It is one of those things where the plot is constructed in a way that resembles farce. In yeah. this case, it's just farce yep. with a pretty massive body count. And most of the time, uh, bizarrely enough, farce makes me really uncomfortable, uh, mostly because it just winds me right up, and I end up having to take a lot of smoke breaks to just kind of de- decompress and uh, and uh, parse all of the stuff that I've, uh, that I've just seen. That said, in this case, it's hybridized with uh, horror comedy, which is uh, automatically one of, one of my pet subgenres. And in the meantime, just the relationship between uh Tucker and Dale themselves the you know the byplay between uh Alan Tudyk and Tyler Levine it's just such a wonderful friendship uh they're so affable they're so yeah, affable I'm, and, I'm not going to argue with any of that and, and, and it is kind of a sweet movie in the middle you know or at its center it's just about the sort of sweet friendship yeah and they're they're thoughtful to each other. They're supportive of each other. You know, they're they're each other's biggest fans, and uh, it, it it's it, it, it's kind of a beautiful relationship. The actual plot is a series of gags. The series of gags is is fine. It's you know varying degrees of uh, of funny to extremely funny. Um, it, it it's it, yeah I, I it, it, it is as good as it can be for me. It's okay. <laughs> For you to to love it, <laughs> that's fine. But I I guess it just wasn't for me. I, I'm actually what surprised a... because I had, this was actually on my list. I'd only seen the first ten minutes or so, and I didn't really remember too much about it. And I like you know okay fine let's uh let's try it again. I I only stopped because I was busy. I was like you know what I I really want to take the time and watch this, and then I just never got back to it. And I guess maybe i had it built up too far in my head and i just love those two guys so much and i just hated seeing them in a position where they um well i don't know the movie framed them. It was, and destroyed their vacation worried. home they yeah. did and he, they never got it back i'm sure it wasn't insured it wasn't i mean Oh, Alan Tudyk lost two fingers and only got one of his back. I mean, <laughs> what, the, what the hell? We weren't completely sure about whose uh, finger that was with the red nail polish, but I'm thinking it was the girl who got her face eaten off by the uh, weed whacker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I showed a little bit of this to Amelia as well. And how did she feel? Think? She liked it. <laughs> she thought it was funny. Uh, she, she enjoyed it. She liked... Uh, Tucker and Dale and and how they were very good friends is the way she put it. They were. That, they that, didn't that... deserve all that bullshit. They needed, <laughs> they needed to have a nice vacation home and, you know, Dale needed a nice girlfriend which he got, but I mean, they just should have been por- playing board games and fixing the house. It could have been like my old house or this old house and and, you know, some guys playing board games and i would have been much happier with it well one of the one of the things i slasher films are kind of one of my pet uh subgenres uh of horror i i love slasher films i think they're a lot of fun i find them amusing um i think they're very creative for the filmmakers who do them and i like the way this movie plays with the tropes of the general slasher film like the uh the hillbilly thing goes back to say uh a pumpkin head Pumpkinhead is a good example of something that has uh, uh, hillbilly characters that scare a bunch of uh, college teens uh, without meaning to. Um, and, and I think that this, uh, this film plays off of that a lot. This is almost an anti-slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, at least until the end. Uh, or, well, technically the very beginning, if you look at it that way. But uh, no, I thought of it more of as an anti-deliverance movie. Uh, uh, not a, well, I mean... I mean, they even quoted at the beginning, those freaking stupid kids in the car. It's queer like a pig. I mean, come on! No. They, were, I, I they were awful. They awful were. Children. They were awful and they deserve to die, and I guess that. (laughs) (laughs) They deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Yeah, but Tucker (laughs) and Dale shouldn't get blamed for it. And I guess they didn't ultimately, but they could have. Yeah, didn't it all get blamed on Chad and suicides? Yeah, I mean, they're just (laughs) hanging out. They're they're just playing, they're bowling at the end. They're they're free. I mean, yeah, Yeah, everything works out for them, except for... uh, Tucker's fingers. Wait, which one's Tucker? I, I can never remember which Tucker one. Tucker is Alan Tudyk. Okay. Yeah, it was Tucker's I, fingers. Yeah. We, we we did note that it was very apt that we were watching it on Memorial Day due to mm-hmm. the uh, you know the flashbacks yes. to the Memorial Day massacre in there. That was a nice bit of serendipity with the timing on this one. Yeah. Uh, this will not I, come I, out on Memorial Day, but we are recording it on Memorial Day. Or <laughs> a, a few days after. Uh, also do... Uh, uh, Really love just the uh, the the incidental almost throwaway uh, shout out to the uh, uh, the uh, the cabin looking very much like the digs from the Evil Dead. Oh yeah, uh, yes, yeah. both inside and out. Aside from, of course, they never got into the root cellar or found any mysterious books. But still, uh, they found no, a no, mysterious they, board game. They found a mysterious board game, uh, <laughs> and it was Dale's favorite. He it was, was good Dale's at it. Favorite. <laughs> Yeah, I think that might have been the problem with it for me is that I just love Tucker and Dale so much, and I just wish those kids would have left them alone. Just kind I don't of know. yelling at the movie, why are you putting these nice guys through all this hell? I know, and Tucker was such a gizmo. I mean, everything <laughs> happened to the bees and the fingers and the kidnapping. and the, I mean, he didn't, he didn't deserve that. Oh, I, I, the, the, the bees scene, I mean... I don't. It was funny, but I mean, yeah, I don't laugh out loud at movies a lot. Like if I'm watching with something with friends, I'll kind of get caught up and laugh. But if you were to like, if I was to watch, you know, like the funniest movie of all time, and you happen to film me watching it, you would see me sitting there and maybe crack a smile, even though I was genuinely enjoying it and you know thought it was hilarious. This movie, the chainsaw scene, I was cracking up. The wood chipper scene, I was cracking up. That doesn't happen <laughs> with me very often. So I mean that that's you know one reason I just found those scenes absolutely hilarious. And I, I just couldn't stop worrying for Tucker and Dale. Like yeah. I love I love Tucker's face when he's he's wrestling with that body in the wood chipper. <laughs> he's trying so hard to pull it out. He's like, oh no, what's what's happening? And then he's like, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love for Alan Tudyk, regardless. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things where the uh, basically it's the movie is actively working against its most likable characters for most of its running time. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly why I had trouble with it. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it, I think that is one of the reasons why it kind of uh, kind of it felt a little bit less coming right after uh, uh, Psycho Gorman because in this case you they're very definite play, definitely playing with a very specific uh, collection of tropes. Uh, and ones that we're all familiar with in varying degrees. Uh, whereas Psycho Gorman was making up its own rules as it went along, but damn it, it was sticking to them. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a much more audacious movie. It has a much greater feeling of scope to it. I mean, the, the two of them are not a natural uh, or a particularly natural comparison, except that we happen to be uh, you know, seeing them one after the other in this case. Uh, I almost would have been interested to rewatch uh, uh, uh Tucker and Dale first, uh, it m- might have, it might have made me get a little closer to loving it. I really like it. I really like it. Movie that movie, uh, and and it's one of those films that uh, I can respect as absolutely developed uh, an organic cult following. Um, yeah. To the point where, to the point where, uh, to this day, is uh, well, I mean, not to this day, obviously, but you know, given the late unpleasantness, but you still see uh, uh, Tucker and Dale cosplays at Dragon Con pretty much every year. <laughs> uh, w- one of the best of them, actually, you know, uh, done by uh, by a pal of mine uh, uh, who's uh, you know very much in that scene. But at any event, leaving that aside, uh, hi, strange way. I don't think you listen to our program anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Make that yeah. person listen. 
but he does a great Dale. Uh, anyway. You know, there's apparently been, you know, talk of a sequel for years. Like, that everybody wants to do it. I mean, I would love to see Tucker and Dale back. But it would, I mean, it would have to be some other horror trope gimmick. I don't know what it would be. It couldn't be the same thing again. I, I can almost imagine them, uh, like, doing a direct emulation of that teaser trailer for Die Hard 2 with, you know, with just, uh, you know, them, it, instead of Bruce Willis uh, running uh, running down a hallway that's filled with smoke, and it's just the two of them, it's just, how can the same thing happen to the same guys twice? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't have to be the same thing. I mean, maybe they could, like, be in a haunted house instead this time. That'd yeah. be fun. They could do a because whole they were series. looking for another. They're looking for another vacation home. And you know what? I'd be behind that. I would watch that. Oh, a Tucker and Dale haunted house movie would be awesome. It would. <laughs> hey, if anybody listening, you know, has any sort of power on that, you know, press the green light on that. Oh, that yeah, I'd watch that. That'd be great. Those two characters are, yeah. are so great to, and they're great together. Um, I'd love to see a series of of what they would do with other other horror genres you know I, actually uh tyler labine has a series oh, i cannot remember what it's called i'll quickly yeah, imdb that stuff but um i really enjoyed it he could see ghosts and it was oh it was so good oh tyler labine okay yeah, yeah you know the real beauty part is if they uh if they actually uh do, if they do a sequel that's in a haunted house, they should call it Tucker and Dale, Hillbillies in a Haunted House. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you get that reference, you know, bless you. Uh, I did not get that reference. I, I just thought either. it was funny. Uh, Hillbillies okay. in a Haunted House is the only movie that has Mamie Van Doren and Basil Rathbone in it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the series Tyler Labine in, what, what Tyler Labine was in was deadbeat and anybody listening it, it's really much better than it should be it's fairly low budget but it just manages to be sweet and fun i watched every episode um that sounds familiar i i don't i don't i haven't seen it but it sounds very familiar which service is it on um i'm looking i i want to say it's on prime um yeah oh more watch out uh, Prime Video, yeah, it looks like Prime or Hulu. Hulu, ah. I th ah, that's where Hulu I think I Prime. saw it. I think yeah. I saw it on Hulu. So you did see it? Did you see all of it or just a couple? Of no, no, I, I, I think I, I saw the act, like the icon. On oh, Hulu. okay. I haven't seen the show yet, uh, but I think I'm it's on my gonna list. recommend it. It is fun. It is again much better than it should be. It's somewhat low budget, and and you know, I will admit the first season is like meh yeah but it just gets better and better and it's, he's such a loser and yet so sweet and you love him so much and you just want him to win is there somebody else on that show who a uh, name so many i mean there were i was amazed at how many like um how many famous people were on it i'm just looking uh yeah lucy devito you know danny devito's daughter um they had a lot of weird uh, cameos and stuff. I thought like somebody like Aziz Ansari was on it or something like that. I don't think it was him. Uh, yeah, I'm looking to see and I'm not recognizing anything, but that's okay. I'll, I'll watch just it. Just because. Yeah, it's on the pile. Yeah, Samantha <laughs> B. That's the name of the show. It's on the pile. Yeah, <laughs> he said it. He said the name of the show. Okay, so... <laughs> So Allie should have brain damage. Yeah. 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 We're 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 not going to worry to look too closely at the uh, at the uh, the medical miracles of of cinema, or we'll go mad. Yeah. yeah. You oh, you yeah. know that that is one of my things. Where I'm like, well, he's dead. You know, it, <laughs> concussion, untreated, unconscious for two hours. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> I, I I did kind of like that Allie was kind of on board with Tucker and Dale right away. It would have been exhausting yeah. if they had had the, the filmmakers had, had tried to keep up the charade with her as well. You know, it are, the movie already bends over backwards to keep the stupid college kids stupid. Um, if they had tried to do that with Allie as well, that would have been just too much. So just yeah, to have her on their side. She was a farm girl. So she, you know, she kind of had a, a very down to earth background yeah. and, and she wasn't 
judgy. You know, she got it. She got it. <laughs> yeah, she was a she was a sweet girl. She was. Yeah, I mean, just uh, uh, she, could... she 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 was maybe a little bit underwritten. Uh, I think mostly because her function in the plot was kind of as a uh, well, uh, she was a, she was the MacGuffin. She was a, a plot device to some extent. MacGuffin and final girl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And but she it, she could pass for hillbilly <laughs> if she had to. She spoke the hillbilly. Yeah, she spoke hillbilly. She could dig an outhouse hole if she had to. That's right. Not a grave, but an outhouse. Although she was digging with a pick, it looked like. I don't know how much digging you're going to get with that. Well, Well, I mean, you can lose some soil. It breaks up the dirt, yeah. Yeah. It's a useful function. No, I mean, it's it's a charming performance. Uh, She she does lovely work in it. The role is... Not the most, uh, you know, difficult or 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 profound, but she does uh, terrific work with it. It it does keep some of those uh, misogynistic tropes of like the damsel in distress by the end of the film. That that is in there, and that's a little frustrating. But um, I I give it I give this one a pass because it's playing with tropes. It is. I I, I didn't have a problem with that part and at it's, all. And it's handled in pretty short order once it be, uh, you know once it becomes uh, uh, established as a threat in any case. I mean, they actually tied the damsel to a uh, what was a saw? Uh, uh, like, like a sawmill. Sawmill. Cir- circular saw. Circular saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, I mean, it how, was, how... and it was going creeping closer. I mean, how snidely whiplash do you need to be? <laughs> I was, I, I was going to say, how silent film could can you get in the next movie? She's going to get tied to train tracks. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I, I think exactly. that the uh, I think that the concept is kind of as wholesome as Tucker and Dale themselves. That's that's not a bad way of looking at this. This is, for all of its gore, a weirdly wholesome movie. Uh, it it it's it's got a very sweet heart. Yeah. That is true. I will not deny that for a second. Yeah. But but Jane, you want to see them in a different movie, right? You want to see them. I do. In the not horror movie. You just want to see Yeah, them. I would like to see Have them with ghosts. I would like them to yeah, like yeah, buy ghosts. a house, buy a new vacation home, and then get fucked with by ghosts, but they actually kind of overcome all of those normal things with their, you know, down home, honest, you know, smart. Yeah. I mean, I would watch that. <laughs> I would old, watch the good, hell out of that. Good old horse sense and raw stick to itiveness. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and friendship. Yeah, and and, friendship. and the power of friendship. Power of friendship. <laughs> I did I love that. Uh, I love that Allie got to have a therapy session. I, I think that she got she she was more well written than the rest of the college kids. Uh, had more yes. backstory yeah. and uh, got to have that moment where she did a little therapy session with Chad and Dale, and that to me was very funny because she was trying so hard. I did kind it of was. love her moment afterwards. It's like. I'm a terrible therapist after You're everything goes sideways. But it wasn't You're her fault. It wasn't her fault. I know. You was... don't know anything really yet. But okay. I mean, we don't even know what year she was in college. She might have been a freshman. Yeah. She, yeah. Well, she was, wasn't she? Oh, she was 20. She was 20. So she probably was a junior. But she didn't have any sort of, you know, yeah. friendship or anything. Nothing, you know. So I, I forgive her, but you know it's kind of sad that they put her they put her in that position before she was ready, and then she like felt bad about herself. You do what you can in the circumstances in which you find yourself. Yeah, yeah. She was so confident, and then she was not. That upset me as well. Yeah, and that's when she kind of becomes the damsel. After that, she has some yeah. agency near the middle of the film, and then it just kind of dissipates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was I, that. That is exactly how I felt. I felt like I wanted more of her in the movie, just more, more of the character, character stuff with, uh, with her and Dale, or even you know her, her and Tucker. To, uh, you know, just uh, all of that byplay. Uh, there's a slightly breathless quality to the way the film is edited overall that befits the farcical nature of it, but leaves everybody kind of fighting to get the character bits in from the side. Sometimes it feels like. Well, I I was surprised by uh, I I forgot how big the cast of teenagers are, uh, or twenty somethings, the college kids. Uh, 
it's larger than your typical slasher film cast, and I think it's because they had so many bits they wanted to do. Uh, <laughs> you you couldn't you couldn't do the the uh, wood chipper scene without that guy. You couldn't do the guy shooting himself in the face with a gun without that guy. Then you need the guy to run and uh, impale himself on a stick. And it's just uh, every idea a character was created for. And because uh, yeah, they had to be disposed of in every single gag. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I wonder if they if they kind of curtailed that a little bit and focused a little more on uh, on the characterization, if you would have liked it a little bit more, Jane. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, that was sort of the point of the movie, though, wasn't it? I mean, the sort of little countdown of, you know, high and mighty little children. <laughs> little shits. Little shits. <laughs> <laughs> That, I mean, wasn't it sort of it? And we were supposed to, like, go, you know, oh, we'll never be these elitist little pieces of shit. It's so fun to watch them get killed. Which is, it was. It was. But it, the fact that Tucker and Dale were in danger because of it, just it was more than I could handle. <laughs> I liked them so much. I, and then I might, I might argue that those uh, performances are fairly effective if uh, it got that kind of reaction. I it, yes, I'm not saying it wasn't effective. I'm saying that I think it wasn't for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at it in another way, the the basic setup and the broad strokes of the thing are pretty much just a filmed gag. The fact that it has had such legs, the fact that all of the character work is so completely endearing, even if you know sometimes it feels like there's not quite enough of it. That's sort of an extraordinary accomplishment uh, in, in its own right. To sort of break the confines of the tropes that the whole movie is designed to be working with slash against and end up that memorable, uh, I, I think is uh, uh, pretty admirable. Yeah. I would agree with that. I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> I'm not saying it was a terrible movie. I just don't think it was for me. I'm glad y'all liked it. That's fair. It's good. Well, let's look at it this way. Uh, I mean, aside from, you know, laughing your ass off, Shane. Yeah. What do you love about this movie? I love Tudyk and Flabine. I I love their friendship. Uh, I I love their sort of hangdog attitude. I, I just love... Um, Tudic, these kids are killing themselves all over my property. <laughs> I mean, I love the phrasing of that. This is one of those uh, suicide cults. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this was um. So, I don't know if I've talked about it too much on this podcast, but I grew up kind of uh, afraid of horror movies, and by grew up, I mean until my thirties, mid thirties, and it's only until recently that I've sort of, you know, I've been doing a Halloween marathon every year where, where I watch as many horror movies as possible every October. This was one of the early ones. <clears throat> so there's there's a bit of that, I guess, almost nostalgia, even though it wasn't that long ago. This was one of the sort of the first like real horror comedies, like R-rated horror comedies that I, I, I sat through and found myself surprisingly enjoying. So there could be some of that factor where because it was sort of first and I, there was a sense of um, almost like, almost a sense of having conquered it in a way. So... You know, but I mean, also, I I think I still think it's a solid, funny movie too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, or at least I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I everything you said, Shane, I absolutely not only understand, I agree with. Um, I I guess I sh- I feel like I should have liked it more, but I just didn't. And 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 I honestly the same thing. I never watched a whole crap ton of horror movies until I met Mr. Jenner there and uh, sure, sure enough we watched plenty of stuff and uh, I think my first comedy horror movie was Cabin in the Woods that's oh, goodness. probably that's... my favorite and you showed yeah. it to me sweetie and it's very good it, it's Brilliant. one of the best yep. I, actually quick question Shane have you ever seen the Abominable Dr. Fives never even heard of that oh wow that's his favorite movie Uh-oh. okay Jenner's I have, happy. I have a similar experience uh, of uh, of that movie to the point where it's my favorite film ever to this day. To what you're describing about sort of the primacy of your experience of this picture. So, 
I am so gonna make everybody rewatch those movies for this show one of these days. You know, I've never seen the second one. I haven't oh. seen the second one. Have I? No, I haven't. If I no, I haven't. He uh, he, look at him all getting all excited. We, we, we can hear just, it. Like, we can hear your hands he, he, rubbing together. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know throw a little cold water on it and go. Eh, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. See, I'm tempering your possible re- reactions. I mean, Shane might be like, yeah, Jane was wrong. She was wrong. That's fine. No, no, no. It's okay. But it's worth discussing on a later episode of What's on the Pile. Well, uh, does anybody have any uh, final thoughts on uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil before we head off for the night? No. Nah. No, not really. <laughs> like, it's... like it a lot. Not an all-time favorite, but like it a lot. No, I, I, I actually, I didn't not, I did not write a lot of notes down for this one because I kind of got into the movie and and I was watching it and I, I was thinking of ways to talk about it and things to talk about, but it's, it is just, uh, it's a, once you know the concept, it's, it's, there's not a, there's not a lot more to say about it. It's a lot of fun. Tudic is great. Everybody, everybody does a fine job, and it's, it's fun and funny. I really like it. Yeah, well said. That's pretty much what I would, how I would put it. There's just not a whole lot to say about this movie. I just I enjoy it. Um, and that's pretty much it. If you're rewatching it, you're rewatching it for the gags, uh, or to remind yourself of the gags, uh, and uh, for for the performances. That'll about do it for us here on What's on the Pile. Join us next week for another gaming episode. Shane and Nate talk about their Soulsborne experiences, along with a little Ratchet and Clank, a rift apart. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at What's on the Pile, or visit our website, whatsonthepile.com. Thanks for hanging out.